I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Great speed at third with Slater. Back to 95-7, the game. Oh, I'm still feeling it. I'm on board, Giants. Do not let me down. <laughs> For like the 15th time this year, you've turned my head. Now watch, you'll get shut out in the next five games. We're right back to where we started. Let's get out and join our man Mark Delucci. joins us once again. He covers the San Francisco Giants for Just Baseball. Mark, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, you know, I'm doing good. Coming off the, the high of yesterday's game. It felt like it was 2021 again, the bottom of the night. Let's let's just start right there. Are, are are they making fools of us again? Because I'm like I'm like all right. They're not that far away from what I've seen. A base hit here, a base hit there. I mean, I know they've been a disappointment, but could that be a game that sort of turns the worm in terms of them trying to make a run at the playoffs in the second half of the season? Will we point back at that game a couple a couple of months from now? I, I mean, I feel like it has a pretty good chance to. I mean, I mean, you know, it kind of is the big moment, but I think it culminates quietly, you know, a decent stretch here, right? Giants have now won five out of their last seven, you know, after they kind of hit that low point when they, they fell all the way down to 500. They've had that 12 nothing win over the Padres. They had that 13 nothing blowout over the Diamondbacks. And, and, you know, again, it's been, like you said, hot and cold, right? They haven't been able to put necessarily six, seven straight wins together, you know, like 11 in a row like Seattle's doing up north. But obviously, you know, yesterday's uh, big win, again, gives them their fifth win in, in their last seven, gets them a few games above 500. I mean, you know, you know, this team, it felt like all last year this team was playing out of its mind, right? Like playing beyond even the talent you felt like you were seeing on the roster at times. But at the same time, it feels like this year you're having kind of like too much regression, right? Like like, like this team feels more talented, even though they didn't make a big splash, even though they lost Buster Posey and lost Kevin Gossman. You know, this team's better than I think their their record has been, even with the injuries. I think the key is going to be ultimately – how well this starting rotation is going to be able to hold up in the second half. Obviously, Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon have been fantastic in the first half, but, you know, because of Anthony Sclafani's injury, because of, our, you know, the various injury stints that the, the Giants have been dealing with in their starting rotation, their bullpen has been really taxed, right? And the bullpen, after being, you know, a source of great comfort for Giants fans last year, has been much more erratic and inconsistent this year. And that's then put 
pressure on the offense that hasn't been delivering right. It's just in this domino effect there. And so, you know, if the starting rotation can hold out, I think I think the bats are going to come around. You know, I think Lamont Wade, you know, again, his OPS is less than 600. He's got to be coming around. We're seeing, you know, after reworking his swing a bit in the minor leagues, Joey Bart quietly has been doing pretty well these past you know, a couple, a week and a half now since he got called back up when Casale got hurt. I, you know, hopefully that the bats can get back going too, and and we're talking about a Giants team that can get rolling. Yeah, Mark. Now, tell me if you agree with me here. I've been counting this horn for the last two hours. I think the Giants have become a boring baseball team, and they need some star power in this organization. I get Farhan's kind of his overall philosophy and he kind of likes to try to do more with less and he's very strategic with his spending but I think this team could could really go for an infusion of star power oh absolutely right like I think that was my big criticism of then you know uh, you know Dan's know this I've, I've been popping on saying this pretty much throughout the offseason right it's like the Giants have talent but they chose not to spend on star power, right? They, they, they chose to kind of stick, you know, and again, you can have great depth and that's, you know, a good thing. It's an important thing to have, but ultimately, you know, guess what? You'd rather have, you know, five solid players or one great player and figure out the rest. You take the great pig, you know, you take the great player. So, you know, absolutely this Giants team, you know, I think it's been regressing this year because they, they haven't gotten those star performances because they don't have anyone on the roster you look at and you say, oh, yeah, that's that's one of the best players in baseball. We are talking to our man Mark DeLucci here on 95.7 The Game. And, Mark, okay, let's just say, for the sake of conversations, I'm with the Washington Nationals and I come a-knocking. Mark, you are now the GM of the San Francisco Giants. And, listen, you want Juan Soto? All right. Give me Marco Luciano and uh, throw in Kyle Harrison and um, – Player to be named later. Where are you at with that deal? You do it in a heartbeat if you're the Giants. I mean, again, like I'm a prospect guy. I have my background in scouting. I know this farm system. There is no combination of prospects in the Giants system right now, I think, that really you blink at if the Nationals are willing to talk to you. I think the problem for the Giants is going to be whether the Nationals are actually going to view the Giants as viable. Because the thing is, everyone, I think, is viewing it this way when it comes to Soto. Again, even... You know, again, he's under team control through arbitration for the next two years after this one. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, it's not a, a perfect comparison. Soto's probably, uh, you know, a bit more appealing even than he was. But, you know, the thing about like when Kawhi Leonard, right, went on the trade market and he didn't necessarily want to go to Toronto, but the Raptors were willing to bet on it because he was that talented. You know, you got Soto under contract for two years. That's, you know, there, there's going to be some teams, even if they don't necessarily think they're going to be able to extend Soto, who will be willing to give up some top prospects to get, you know, two and a bit uh, of time with, you know, probably the, the best pure hitter in baseball since Barry Bonds or, you know, at least maybe since early career Mike Trout, if you want to be more conservative. So, you know, I, I don't say no. Like, I, I'm, I'm willing to do it. I'm trying to figure out if I'm the Giants how I get in that conversation because Luciano and Harrison as a top two are – up there with almost every other team in baseball. Again, not all of them. You can look at the Mets, the Orioles, although I don't think Baltimore. Would you throw in Luis Matos? You, right now you do, but but that's where you run into the problem is because Matos has been struggling this year. Like his stock – 
has been hit a bit. And the Giants have kind of been in this place where, for the last few years, it looked like they were about to have a top-five system in baseball. You had Luciano, you had Harrison. But this year, Luciano and Harrison have lived up to the hype, and kind of the rest of the system has stalled. You know, their past three first-round picks, Will Bednar, Hunter Bishop, Patrick Bailey, they all haven't lived up to the hype, at least early in the career. They're not viewed very favorably when you talk to uh, pro scouts around the league. Again, Luis Matos, a guy who, you know, he'd probably be that third piece where we'd be looking, you could say, you could offer that three and that'd be as good as anyone. The Giants could probably get this done. And he's not necessarily in that conversation anymore for teams. Again, you know, like there's, there's the thing I was telling some folks on Twitter earlier today, there's a difference between a good prospect in the Giants organization, which is what Luis Matos is, and a good prospect that moves the needles for the Washington Nationals trading a generational talent that is trading Juan Soto. I think the way... There is a way for the Giants to potentially get involved here, and I'm saying this with a lot of caveats because you know I don't want to necessarily get too ahead of the skis. But the, but it comes down to the Nationals do have two contracts that are not viewed very favorably right now. That's Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg. Corbin's owed seventy million over the next two years after this one, and he's already pr- pretty much showing he's not really a, a big league starter right now. Steven Strasburg, you know, once a star, but he's in his 30s. He's been hurt. He hasn't been good in a long while. He has more than $100 million on his contract after the season. I think the, if the Giants are going to go all in for Soto, you're probably talking about a package built around Luciano and Harrison and taking back some of those bad contracts, whether you're taking back both Corbin and Strasburg and getting a little bit of money, whether you're taking back just one of them. I don't know the specific dynamics, but I think unless the Nationals are open to a deal like that, unless the Nationals are going to try to use Soto to unload a contract that they want off their books, I think it's going to be hard for the Giants to enter that conversation, even with Luciano and Harrison easily being consensus top 25, top 30 prospects in baseball right now. All right, Mark, while we're talking about acquiring generational talents, let's switch bases to the Golden State Warriors. I know you can talk hoops with the best of them as well. There's a generational talent who's out there on the market, who's made it known he doesn't want to return to his current situation, who has already played here in the Bay. Would you give up the young guns to reacquire Kevin Durant here with the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, I I wouldn't give up all of them, but I'd give up pretty close to it. You know, I I think you'd probably, at least to me, right, you're in a situation where, you know, if I can make that deal and I come away with either one of Kaminga and Wiseman, and probably you're going to end up with Wiseman because Brooklyn, I'm assuming, would rather take Kaminga. You know, like, I I think you got to consider. I mean, the the thing, too, to, to, to keep, at least I'm keeping in mind is, again, maybe I'm wrong, right? It's, you know, again, my view of it, I don't care about the owner's, you know, balance sheets, right? Joe Lake is going to be right. fine. I, I just but, told a caller, why do you care so much about the money? It's yeah, not yours. I don't care. But the thing I will say is people talk about the money when it comes to acquiring Kevin Durant. I don't see, you know, Jordan Poole plus Andrew Wiggins is more expensive than Kevin Durant will be next season. Right, like Jordan Poole is going to get some big money if the, Gi- if the Giants, if the Warriors are going to keep him and Andrew Wiggins, when if they re-sign him, you know, that's going to be more than the $48 million that Durant's on the book. So to me, a deal that involves Wiggins, Poole, and then you're figuring out which young guys you need to add to that or what draft picks you need to add to that, that actually might be a cost-saving measure for the Warriors long-term, which makes it even easier to get it done. Obviously, I know Wiggins has the rookie contract designation, so you couldn't do him straight, but 
you know, the, the team I'm watching, If you, again, we all know there's 17 dominoes that need to fall to get there. But in this scenario, I talked about this a couple weeks ago when the, when the rumors first dropped or when, whenever, the hell, whenever the heck the rumors dropped, is if you need to find a third team to get involved, there was a team that was trying to move money and probably w- was willing to attach a pick to move a player, and Wiggins would be a clear upgrade, and that's the Hornets with Gordon Hayward. I could see very easily you, you, you loop the Hornets in on a deal. The Hornets could say, you know, Gord- Andrew Wiggins is probably an upgrade for us over Gordon Hayward. He's also younger. He's also cheaper, saves us a bit of money. Michael Jordan, we know, has been, well, I guess he's not going to have to worry about the luxury tax now with Bridges in his situation, but still. And, you know, they were willing to package, uh, so reportedly at least, the first-round pick to unload Hayward at that point. You know, you, you loop them in and Hayward and a pick or a Hayward and a younger piece head to Brooklyn in the deal. And then, you know, Jordan Poole and again, you're in suit and whether in certain whether it's, you know, Poole, Moody, Kaminga or, you know, Moody, Wiseman, you know, Poole, whatever, whatever the, the exact machinations are. Look, I, you don't say no to that to me if you're the Warriors. Now, again, you, you run into the scenario, you know, are you if it does come down to I have to include everything to do it, it does get hard for me. Right. Like, again, it's one of those things. You, you do want to be thinking about a post-Steph world to a certain extent, but at the same time, you know, the odds are the Warriors will never have a player as impactful, as good as Steph Curry, and so you want to capitalize on this. So it'd be hard for me to say no, right? Like, uh, at least that's, that's where I stand. I think a lot of Warriors fans are, you know, not high on it, and, you know, they like saying no. They love their young guys. They're frustrated with how things ended with Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. Like, I, I, I'm not... Uh, you know, in those cards, if you can get a talent like that on this team, you try to make it happen. I, I, I just think the, the odds of that are, are, are probably pretty small because I think KD's not necessarily too keen on it, and probably some other teams might have some you know deals that align better with Brooklyn. Mark Delucci, our guest, also covers the Warriors for SB Nation. Is there a level of concern, or should Warrior fans have a higher level of concern? Maybe it's a better way to phrase it. With the departure of Porter, Bielitsa, GP2, that you're now becoming reliant on Moody, JK, and Weissman, albeit certainly high ceilings, but I think watching them in the summer league, if nothing else, it just reminds us just how young they are. Could this be problematic that you lost some veteran players in that rotation and now you're relying on guys that are unproven? You know, I think so, but, you know, I think I heard Jason was alluding to this before the break, and I think, you know, there's still roster spots that the Warriors have to fill out, right? Like, you know, whether they're only going to find one more vet or two more vets, you know, they're probably going to go into the year with only 14 players on the roster to save money and luxury tax, but that means, you know, they'll have a spot to add someone on the buyout market or make a minor trade. So, you know, I think right now you look at the roster and it's actually pretty young and pretty thin, but I, I don't believe we're, we're going to be walking in, you know, to the season with this. And, you know, obviously, look, I'm not saying, you know, it, it drastically changes their title odds if they add, you know, Hernan Gomez and Tony Snell. But, like, again, you, you know, you look at, you know, if, if players like that are spot, sliding the rotation, you, you can see it's a bit easier to see, you know, how the Warriors have some, some, some depth there a, a bit better. You know, I, I think it's reason to be nervous, but, again, right, with youth, and whenever it comes to young players, whenever it comes to projection, right, it's volatility. There's just more volatility. But, uh, you know, that can go both ways, right? That, that can be, you know, you have 
uh, you know, players who really underperform, right? Players who, who don't live up to expectation and, and you're left kind of scrambling to fill a hole. But that, that also can be Jordan Poole last year, right? Where he, you know, people come into the year and go, yeah, he could be our, um, you know, campaign. He can be, you know, the, the, the nice score off the bench. And then by the end of the year, you're looking at Jordan Poole and you're saying he might be a, like a legit young guard in the league who, who, who can be more than just a, you know, Lou Williams bench score, but maybe something even more impactful. So, you know, I, I think there's no doubt it's a roll of the dice, but, you know, th- that dice can come up low, but I think the Warriors are betting, well, if that does happen, you know, they still got Steph. You know, they hope Clay's better having an offseason that he doesn't have to be rehabbing an injury. You know, you still got Draymond there. You got Andrew Wiggins again. And Jordan Poole, I think we all feel much better about that potentially being able to either take a step forward or just maintain what he was last season. And then if just, you know, one of Kamingo, Wiseman, or Moody takes that step forward, you still feel like you have a pretty good competitive core that can potentially um, put you in, in championship contention. Now, speaking of Wiseman, Mark, he's a lightning rod in the Warriors' online discourse. You know, he really <laughs> he, he really splits the fan base and people in favor of him, people who aren't in favor of him. How does he project to you based on what you've seen, the context, the injuries, after two years of being in the NBA? You know, I, I think he's, you know, again, I, I described him early on that I thought Wiseman was going to be like the Warriors' Brandon Belt. Like, it just felt like, you know, early in Belt's career, there was the Belt Wars, and it was just this lightning rod of a player. And it feels like Wiseman's going to end up kind of in that space, although admittedly far less proven than Belt is at this point. But, you know, I, I think I feel pretty good about Wiseman being a solid contributor this year. You know, again, he's not going to be DeAndre Ayton last season. He's not going to be, you know, all NBA force. But, you know, again, I said last year that I, when, you know, it looked like he was going to return in the regular season, you know, the Warriors reasonably are probably going to ask James Wiseman to be JaVale McGee, right? Like right. they're going to ask him to set picks, to roll to the basket and catch some lobs. And, you know, if you remember, JaVale McGee wasn't great at defensive positioning. You know, he, 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 was, he was inconsistent as a defensive rebounder, but was pretty good as an offensive rebounder. And that's kind of what I see Wiseman, like, you know, is at, at you know, right now, like, that's within his skill set and wheelhouse. Like, you know, does he foul too much? Sure. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I, he's not an aggressive, uh, you know, at, at getting position. I think that hurts him more on the defensive rebounding side. Again, I think he's, his size and his focus on rim running, I think he's, he's going to get a, a good share of offense of rebounds, though, to, to kind of make up for that a bit. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like, I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to have any expectations of, of stardom, but I think, you know, walking into next year where you're saying, look, you got Kevon Looney coming back, you ultimately have Draymond Green, who, as he's become more and more limited offensively, is more and more just a center, right? Like, is, is probably more likely to be seeing those minutes. Um, and, and so Wiseman's probably your, your hope, you know, you, you look at he's going to play the JaVale McGee role, and if the shot comes long enough, then he can, you know, be JaVale McGee and also, you know, do a bit, bit of pick and pop alongside, the, you know, alongside being a rim runner, and, and that's a really good role player, even if, you know, it doesn't come with the elite traits or all coming together quite yet. So that, that's kind of my, I think, fairly mild prognosis of what I'm looking for this season from Wiseman. You know, again, I think, you know, it, it's a lot like, 
Kaminga too, right? Where I think there's going to be probably a game where, you know, Wiseman plays 25 minutes and has like, you know, 24 points, makes a couple threes and, and maybe has 12 rebounds. And there's going to be some days where he plays 18 minutes and is like, you know, minus 20 and has four points and fouls out, you know, and like, you know, like has four rebounds. Like, I think it's going to be really hot and cold. Like, you know, last year's team even though it skidded towards the end of the year, was fairly consistent, right? Because it had so much veteran depth, right? Remember, first game of the year, Bielita has that double-double against the Lakers. By the end of the regular season, Bielita's kind of out of the rotation, and then you get to the playoffs, and Bielita's making an impact again. Like They they had so many veteran pieces. That's going to be different this year for the Warriors. So, you know, if a role player doesn't have it, it's going to be, I think, tougher for Steve Kerr to go, all right, next man up, because there's not going to be as many necessarily proven options. But, you know, again, when you have a younger team, when you're trying to do this two-timeline thing, right, where the Warriors are trying to get young players ready to be stars, they're trying to have, you know, trying to find their Kawhi, you do need to accept some of those growing pains. And so, you know, Wiseman's, I think, in a position where he's going to be trusted. He's going to be getting probably 15 to 20 minutes, and they're probably hoping by the end of the season he's earned 25 minutes a game, and he's firmly entrenched. And, you know, I think the same that will be said of Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Probably from day one, these guys, all three, are going to be getting 15 to 20 minutes a game. And the hope is by the end of the year that at least a couple, you know, a couple of them or at least one of them is at the point where they're paying, playing 25 minutes a game. They're maybe even pushing 30 minutes a game kind of in the way Jordan Poole was last season. Yeah, and at, at some point, right, You they're the guys you got to play. You pick them in the lottery for a reason, right? You're just going to have to rain them out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, again, they, all of them have had their moments, right? Now, Wiseman obviously wasn't on a competitive team um, in the way that Moody and, and Kaminga were last year. But, yeah, you, you absolutely, again, there's going to be some growing pains. And it, it's going to be really interesting, right, because I, I don't know – you know, I think coming into this season, as as this season played out, you know, the, the NBA feels wide open right now. Like, there's a lot of, uh, again, there's just a lot of really good teams out there. But that also means there's not one team you look at as an unbeatable juggernaut. And so, you know, it, the the you know the floor is wide open for the Warriors to take advantage. And again, if they hit on one of these guys, right? Which again, we don't know the answer. I don't, you know, no one can say confidently that Kaminga or Wiseman is going to be a star, but. You know, if they hit on one of those guys, that that can change. You know, that that that, that will make an impact this season, and obviously, for, you know, for years to come in Golden State. We got about another minute, but really quick, of the three that we've just just been talking about, who is further along, Moody, Weissman, and or Kaminga? Moody will be uh, the most consistent, I think. Um, Kaminga, uh, I, I think Kaminga and Wiseman though will probably have the best games. I, you know, I think you know there'll be a day where Kaminga drops thirty and looks like a beast defensively. There'll be again, like I said, a game where you know Wiseman has a, a big double double and has like four blocks. But I think Moody will be the most consistent. Moody will be the most trustworthy. Moody will probably be the one Steve Kerr gets the least frustrated with. So I wouldn't be shocked too if he has his minutes jerked around the least, which could work for him the best. But again, you know. Don't sleep on Jordan Poole. I think a lot of people are, you know, content sort of accepting Jordan Poole being, well, it could be by the end of last year, I think people come around to it. This guy's going to be something that's a, a real problem for the league. And, you know, I don't know how that's going to work out minutes-wise when it comes to that backcourt. But, you know, you're looking at these three guys that, you know, Kaminga Wiseman have great ceilings. It's still not out of the question that Jordan Poole is better than any of them. Mark DeLucci. Strong stuff as always, my man. Let's catch up soon and talk a little Warriors, if not Niners. Let's get into some giant baseball as well. Thanks again, buddy. 
Appreciate hey, you, Mark. Anytime. That is the one and only Mark DeLucci here on 95.7 The Game. We continue a little more Warrior basketball talk. I want to get into Jonathan Kaminga and break down his game. What does he mean for the Warriors going forward? It's my man Jason Dumas and Danavo next on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. We're going to get into some 49er talk. Before we do that, I just want to clean up some Juan Soto noise. Soto turning down that big deal. Let me give you the numbers once again. Juan Soto turning down a 15-year, $440 million. 15 years, $440 million to stay with the Washington Nationals, which looks as though he will test the free agent waters. And, of course, if we're to put two and two together, why, why not? The San Francisco Giants certainly could be in that market, maybe at the trade deadline or maybe in the offseason to go after the star right fielder for that of the Washington Nationals. Let's get out to New Jersey. Give me my man. That's right. Only man with his intro music. Hello, Mitch. <laughs> What's going on, brother? How are you today? Good, guys. How you doing? Good, Mitch. I'm my little grandson here. Five days old. Five days old? Five days. Holy Christmas. Okay. And you're breaking him in early. That's right. Sports talk radio at five um, days old. That's the way to go. My daughter's doing okay, too. Um, I didn't say the Giants got a trade for Soto because you know the Dodgers and Padres be on the case. And Aaron Judge next year. No, you're, you're spot on. Play him out. That's right. When you're talking about Juan Soto, you got to think you're not the only one in town, right? You're not the only dance party because watch out for those Dodgers and watch out for the Yankees. They have got the deep pockets. And if you're Washington, you just go to the best suitor. You go to whoever has you know, the, the most capital to, to, to sell you. And it was interesting that DeLucci feels as though that maybe, just maybe, if you want to mortgage that entire farm system, you might have a puncher's chance at landing the 23-year-old and considered by many. Either him or Mike Trout is the best player going right now in Major League Baseball. All right, we're going to switch gears and talk a little 49er football. The 49ers, of course, now just days away from camp. 
Here we go. Porn star Jimmy. Thank 26. you very much. Ten days. Are you covering this? Where are you going? Are you going out and uh, what are you doing for summer camp? I'll be out there at some point, I'm imagining. Uh, our lead our lead 49ers reporter is typically Kate Rooney. She hosts the 49ers show on Crown. Um, but, you know, you know, I'll, I'll get out there at some point, show my face. I hate driving to Santa Clara, though. I can't lie to you. It's just too far, you know. It's yeah. easy. It's easy to get to the Warriors. It was easy to cross a bridge and get to Alameda when the Warriors are here. Who feels like driving behind God's back to go to Santa Clara? Uh, it's an awful drive. Do you it's ever awful. get in the van? Do they still have? I mean, do you still get in the camera van? We don't really. Uh, news vans are pointless now. Everyone has a backpack to go yeah. live. You don't need that big sat truck. Really? Yeah. I mean, we still have them at Cron, and sometimes we use them. Like, for instance, the Warriors have Warriors and Giants have specific spots for the news vans that you can use in park. So sometimes we won't even use the news van. We'll just use it to go and get a parking spot oh, wow. and then go in with our live unit. But back to the Niners. Yeah, I'll get out to camp. And uh, there's so many exciting storylines for the 49ers this this coming into training camp. And I can't wait till we have our guest on at four to chat about that. But um, as terms of me getting to camp, I'll get out there. I'll show face. I usually do at least one one, one interview during camp with one of the players. Uh, but I also usually let that Kate. That's Kate Rooney's baby. I usually let her handle that. Well, what is the storyline that jumps out at you? Got to be the quarterback. Yeah. QB one. Yeah. Trey Lance. We'll, we'll see how that all unfolds. Oh, yeah. That's been a huge storyline since the day he got drafted. And now it's looking like. He has the keys to the castle, and let's see how it goes. Um, I'm higher on Jimmy Garoppolo than the consensus, it feels like. Uh, I know he's not a world beater, but I think he could do a lot worse. And, uh, yeah, he you know he leaves a lot to be desired, leaves uh, a lot of meat on the bones as it pertains to making plays. But uh, I think he also can be reliable. When he's, on, when he's healthy, I think you can rely on him to steady the ship and uh you know with, with a rookie you don't i'm not sure you're going to have the intangibles that that jimmy had i think jimmy had a lot of intangibles that just young quarterbacks might not have yet but you you, you gave up a lot of real estate to bring in trey lance so just like you know you mentioned to our guests like is it worrisome that you're going to have to rely on kaminga and moody to like be productive this year if you want to be good again you got it. You got to figure it out. Find out somehow. You didn't draft these guys just to collect dust. Akash Anavarathan covers the 49ers for Niner Nation. Is going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes to go in more depth and detail about the San Francisco 49ers camp. As we mentioned, just 10 days away. Are you surprised that Jimmy Garoppolo is still here? And what is his fate? Because there are so there are so many scenarios, and we've we've just about detailed every one of them one of which is cutting him the other which of course is trading him all of which is predicated on him passing the physical they're not going to do anything not going to do anything until that happens but if he's not damaged goods and he can throw a football again what then do they hang on to him in august do you play some football games in the preseason what exactly is the next do you go as far as passing august 30th which means that now his money goes towards the cap, or his he. You're now on the hook for that twenty five million dollars. What do you think is the most logical next move 
as it relates to Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers? Well, people need to see him throw. That's the first domino that needs to fold. Fall. I don't. I think that's the main reason he's still on the roster. No one has seen him throw. He got that surgery. The Niners were kind of irked with the timing of when he got that surgery, but he doesn't know. He doesn't owe the Niners anything. So I don't know why they were so surprised. Like he literally owes them nothing. You drafted his. Replacement. He's got to take care of Jimmy. Yeah, and to be quite frank, he can be spiteful, and I wouldn't blame him. So like, I don't know why there was any any confusion. That Jimmy put his own his own personal uh, success and, and career in front of being like a team player. You mean you drafted my replacement? You're likely going to go to him next year. I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm not going to think about you guys at all as I go through what's best for me. So that's why I decided to get the surgery when I got it. But I say all that to say the Niners they have come out and said that they carved out enough money that they will be okay with him on the payroll next year. But I don't think they want to get deep into camp with him still on the roster. I just, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't really benefit anybody unless Trey Lance gets hurt. It's a nice, it's a nice security blanket, but you can't operate in the fact that, oh, he might get hurt. You want, you don't want Jimmy G that shadow behind Trey Lance as you go into the season at QB1. I don't think Jimmy G is the type who will make any distractions. He's always shown that he's the consummate professional, but I just don't think the situation would be beneficial to Trey Lance to have Jimmy waiting in the wings and and be kind of a shadow behind him. I think once Jimmy G shows that he can throw the ball and his arm is back and he's okay, I think a team like the Carolina Panthers or someone along those lines will swoop in and try to acquire him. Well, they got Baker Mayfield. Oh, that is right. They, he just got Baker Mayfield. How about it's hard to do Cleveland. Is Cleveland who did who who's the starting quarterback for the Seahawks? Drew Locke. Well really nobody. They got Drew Locke or but Geno it's, Smith. It's interdivision though, so sometimes you, you I could see the 49ers not wanting to send Jimmy Garoppolo to a division rival. Not because Jimmy Garoppolo is a world beater, but it's just yeah, he's probably not a guy you want to see two times a year. Kind of bad for business. He knows a lot about the organization. Hey, you, you leave the fact that what if he comes in and beats you? Guy, it's just you don't see the interdivision trade that business. much. You don't, you don't see that. It's not great business, and yeah. it, it has a high potential to fail. But I meant the Cleveland Browns. I don't know why I said the Carolina Panthers. I know they just got Baker Mayfield, but there's a couple teams that could use a quarterback. And uh, I just personally, I don't think it would be that great for Trey Lance's success if Jimmy was on the roster next year just gives a high percentage chance of a little bit of drama. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. And a lot of people seem to to fall in line with that sort of thinking. I, I, I'm of the belief that, listen, Trey Lance, if this is your team, go win the – just just take care of business. Right. Prove to us that you have accuracy, that you can – you can take over this team, and all that other stuff will fall in line. If you're worrying about, oh, I'm not as popular as Jimmy Garoppolo, this is still Jimmy Garoppolo's locker room, you've got bigger issues. You just need to go and ball. I would keep Garoppolo on the team. To me, a lot of that is just blown out of proportion. I think that people make too much out of the fact that, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still here, the locker room is divided. It won't be divided if Trey Lance is Trey Lance. At the end of the day, these guys want to win. It's yeah, not it gives a, us the best chance to it's do It's not that. a popularity contest. If Trey Lance is the best chance to win and he's giving us a chance to win each Sunday, hmm, I could like Jimmy Garoppolo better, but who cares? We, we're 
this is a business. You know what I mean? Like, it seems to me that that Debo Samuel and Jimmy were really close, and Jimmy and George Kittle were really close. Listen, if Trey Lance is going out there and winning football games, they're not going to care about who about their friendship with Jimmy G. We can still be friends while you're the backup, brother. So the text line, the 510, Jimmy has the seventh highest quarterback cap number next year. The whole point of drafting a rookie quarterback is they are cheap, and you can build the team around. It's uh, a great that? point, around said quarterback. That's yeah. a, that's uh, a uh, tremendous point. That is, I can't argue with that. It's, uh, it's nonsensical to have someone making that much money on the bench. It just is. Yeah, but it's also, it's maybe it's non nonsensical isn't the right word, but were they really in a position to draft a quarterback? If you have, in other words, this isn't Chicago. It's not Carolina. It's not a rebuild. You are essentially Super Bowl or bust. And if that's the case, why would you get in the market of a young quarterback? Now, while I agree that you got to play him and you got to develop him, but if a quarterback is two to three to five years away and you're built to win right now, it's never made sense to me that they even got in. They got into that the game of, of drafting a rookie quarterback to take you to the promised land. I agree with you. Like, I mean, I, you know, I don't disagree with that thinking, but I just feel like that's, that's in the past now. I can't think that no, way. Right. Now, now you just got to move forward. And I live in the past. <laughs> and to the and to the, my man's point on the text line, it doesn't. It just to have that money on the bench is bad business. You could use that money elsewhere to improve your team, and uh, that's why I fail to believe they're going to go into the year with him on the roster. Can I can I redraft? Was it last year? You know, <laughs> Sterling's looking at me, rolling his eyes, like, "Oh, here we go." This is what you should have done, San Francisco 49ers. Boom this man! <laughs> you stay. You stay. All right, thank you very much. You stay at number 12, which was their initial and original draft slot, right? You stay at number 12. You keep Jimmy Garoppolo. And guess who went at number 12 overall? His name was Micah Parsons. So good. You draft a generational player like Micah Parsons. And you got Bosa on the other edge. Now, he's not a traditional edge rusher, but he can drop down to the box and he can do his thing. If you've got Bosa and Parsons, you might have the best. Thank you. You might have the best. Ta- I'm not sure whether that's for effect or Sterling's just trying to drown me out because he's heard this a million and one <laughs> times. You might have the best tandem in defensive, maybe in the history of the NFL. And you've, you would have won last year's Super Bowl. Let's p- just put it that way. Had you not gotten, had you not panicked and said, we need this quarterback, let's go get in the draft, we need somebody. And I don't know what suddenly got in the head of Kyle Shanahan and what motivated him. Granted, I know you want to move off from Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo is limited, but taking Trey Lance in retrospect, if you could have hung on and gotten Micah Parsons, I think was the way to go. Oh, 100%. He's a generational talent. Um Shoot, it don't matter who you roll out a quarterback if you had those two on the edge. And But look, man, like I said, you said you like to live in the past. It is what it is at this point. They have Trey Lance. I wish him to success. I think he has the uh, blueprint to be a really good quarterback. Hell yeah. We just got it. He just has to put it together. Um, I hope he's better than his predecessor at NDSU and Carson Wentz. Um, you know, 
I covered that program, NDSU. Oh, that's right, man. I was out you in Bismarck. You go from Hagerstown to Bismarck, I Bismarck, North Dakota. I was Bismarck to Baton Rouge to Hagerstown to San Francisco. Man, those are one-cal towns, my man. Yeah, I mean, No wonder you don't want to leave the city. <laughs> exactly. Um, but my point is, and I don't want to put this bad mojo on Trey Lance, but this is what I've noticed with NDSU. Every quarterback they have is really good. When I was there, they got, had the guy by the name of Brock Jensen. He he played on the Miami Dolphins practice squad for about two, three years, I believe. And there's somebody that went to the Chargers. He had like a cool name as well. Probably. Probably. Well, keep talking. I'm gonna... um, so they Easton Bro- Stick. Yeah. Thank you very much. Though. Easton Stick. So they had Brock Jensen. He was the quarterback when I was there. So good. My first football game covering that program, they went into Manhattan, Kansas, played Kansas State, their final opening week of the final season of their legendary head coach, the first night of their brand new stadium, they walk in and beat the dog crap really? out of Kansas State. NDSU. They go on, they win a national championship led by Brock Jensen. Carson Wentz was like a freshman on their team, didn't play. You see Carson Wentz win national championship. Easton Stick win national championship. Trey Lance win national championships. What I'm saying is none of them have had pro success. Now, granted, I'm not saying they all had the same talent and ability as a Lance and as a Carson Wentz. They were probably just physical raw talent better than other guys. But it just begs the question like, is it a system down there at NDSU? We shall see. Uh, you know, Matt Entz, is he still there? Matt Entz, isn't that the the architect of all of that stuff? Probably. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, like, yes, Trey Lance was dominant at NDSU, but so was Carson Wentz. So was every single mm, that's quarterback. That's interesting. Every single quarterback that plays there was dominant. Hmm. Let's you gotta you gotta do it against the big boys. And look, you know, University of Delaware and JMU is a little different than playing Alabama every week and and, and playing against, you know, I'm just making up schools, uh LSU and Arkansas, you know, is a little bit different. Now, NDSU has sent dozens of guys to the NFL. I'm not saying they can't play, and they're a good, great football team. But it's something that has crossed my mind over the past couple of years as I've seen their drafted quarterbacks play in the league. It's like, all right, everyone is good at NDSU who plays quarterback. Now, let's see. It's almost like, I mean, look, if you look at Alabama, every year they have a pretty good quarterback. Not all of them are super successful on NFL level. Yeah. Seen a lot of them fall flat on their face. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, how it plays out. I'm rooting rooting really hard for Trey Lance. Um, and he has a great skill set. And he has a great offensive coordinator. Well, he's his head coach, but he has a great offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan. And he has a great team around him. So there's not a lot of excuses is my point. I think as it relates to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think this really comes down to are the 49ers, do they feel comfortable and or secure enough to let Jimmy Garoppolo go? I think that's part of the factor that a lot of people don't talk about enough. Everybody just, they assume that it's a foregone conclusion that Jimmy Garoppolo is out the door. That the Niners are done with him. It's Trey Lance's job. While that might be true theoretically, I still feel as though the 49ers 
want to see a little bit more to feel just a little bit more secure before they let him walk out the door. And whether that means that they need to see him in a game against another team in the preseason to make the throws, to play a couple of quarters, to give them a level of confidence, or maybe that can take place in simulated contact and or games in training camp. But I do think that they're going to wait for Trey Lance to come back. And it's not about Jimmy. It's about Trey Lance giving them a sense of security that, okay, now we're comfortable to move off on Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's end let's end all the drama now. But I'm not convinced that the 49ers, until then, are willing to say goodbye to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, he's still on the roster, whether that is... Whether that is because the 49ers want him on the roster, that can be argued. Some can say, well, they've been trying to move him and they just haven't been able to because Jimmy got the surgery and no one's seen him throw. Or you can look at it from that point of view that you just looked at it, Dan, like, hey, they want an insurance policy. And it's, you know, it's so, it's so, it's weird how they talk about Jimmy because it's like, we're not just going to give away a Jimmy, a, a player as talented as Jimmy. We wouldn't just release him. He's a really good player. We'd rather have him on our roster than just give him away. If, if that's how you felt, why did you draft another quarterback? Like your actions and your words aren't aligning. So what is it? Some numbers that you can't deny when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, as a starter, he's won 70% of his starts. There are only seven other quarterbacks in the history of the sport that have won 70% of their starts. And these are things that people at a discount don't take into account or it's just not relevant to them. And they might be right at the end of the day, but it's worth mentioning that Jimmy Garoppolo is in this elite company of the only starting quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have won 70% of their starts. You want to know who the others are? Oh, Tom Brady. Hello, Patrick Mahomes. Roger Staubach. Peyton Manning, Montana, and Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo. They all stink. And by the way, when he's not starting, that brainchild that, hey, it's Kyle Shanahan, it's his system, you can win with anybody, without Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter, they're 7-28. and 28. So, listen, I know he's limited, but I'm just saying, 49er fans, just be very careful with what it is that you want post-Jimmy Garoppolo, all right? Once he's out the door... And it's all about Trey Lance. And you think that, you know, a starting quarterback for the 49ers is never going to throw an interception again. Well, just guess again. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo again. This dude's not Montana. He's not Peyton Manning. But I don't think, while he was limited, he deserved nearly the sort of ridicule that he, that he received. And that's just that's part of the territory, right? The NFL is so quarterback-centric these days. Too much, of the, too much applause when you win and too much of the verbal darts when you lose. Right. And certainly applicable to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm telling you, if who 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 do the 49ers have week one? Chicago. Chicago, that's right. It's on the road too, right? Yeah, they're playing the Bears, and I believe the Giants are playing the Cubs, right? The same weekend, Sterling? Yeah. If, if Trey Lance goes out and it just has a dud, doesn't look great, the sky is going to be falling in the Bay Area because the Niners went all in on him. And the Niners have a championship-built roster around him. You know, these are more or less the same guys who went to the conference championship 
last year. A couple years ago, went to a Super Bowl. Obviously, that year in between there, they were sorry, but they had a lot of injuries. It's, it's going to be bad for business. <laughs> if, if Trey Lance, you know, I know people are going to be like, be patient, be patient, be patient, but you can't be patient with a championship-ready roster. You but want to problem. win. Yeah, you got to win now. Like, what do you mean be patient? This team is starved for a Super Bowl. They have come so close in the last decade, you know. Of course, during the year they went to the Super Bowl and lost with against the Ravens. That crazy, the lights went out at halftime. Where the heck could that happen? And then they go a couple years ago, and they all but blow it against the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, they all but blow it against the Rams. They should have won that game. You can't can't give up a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Well, you can't Just, drop an interception, Jaquaski Tart. Yeah, that was, you know, that was tough. Um, you know, I say all that to say, I'm not trying to hear to be patient. They need they need to win soon because they are built to win soon. And that window in the NFL is so short. It's so short. And, you know, you might wait on Trey Lance and he maybe he does come around in three years, but are you still going to have a championship roster in three years? You know how things change in the NFL. Contracts, players decline. It They're built to win now. So, yeah, if Trey Lance ain't ready next year, that's a problem, in my opinion. True. That's a problem. And I think that, you know, as much as I talk about Jimmy G, text line is right. Why aren't people beating down his door if he's that guy? No. Fair enough, but I think that we just got to be patient. We got to just wait and see what the market once he's healthy. What what's in store for Jimmy G? And it may it, listen if Cleveland's out on him, Houston doesn't want to take a roller on him. It may just take that that injury. Knock on wood. It doesn't, we don't want anyone to get hurt in this league, but typically somebody will go down, and it might be at that point when somebody gets desperate and is willing to overpay because they need a starting quarterback. It may not be until then that we find out the destination for Jimmy G. I just know that everybody needs to just take a breath, you know, do a little meditation, just relax, because this is going to take a little while. This is going to be something that's just going to play out. It's not going to happen tomorrow, and it's certainly not going to happen in the next couple of weeks. But Jimmy G, where does he goes, and it's Trey Lance without Jimmy G as the support and or the backup or in the same room, a lot of pressure on the kid. Before we get to the break, Joe's hanging out in San Jose. What do you got, Joe? Hey, let me tell you how this is going down. If they keep Jimmy G, the NFL already knows what kind of quarterback you have. If Trey Lance is the quarterback, they're coming after him. You got He's going to have to prove that he's ready to rock. And I think he's got all the capabilities in the world. But it, it's it's the whole thing of, of looking behind you and seeing who's behind waiting waiting in the wings, you know? I mean, it's like if you got a bum behind you, you know you're going to play good. But if you got a guy that can win some games, like Jimmy G has proven, there might be some nerves. I don't know. Have a good day, though. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. Coming up next, Akash Anavarathan covers the Niners for Niner Nation. We continue the conversation with the San Francisco 49ers. We're back after this on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 